for me, it was just setting small incremental goals. And, you know, part of like giving any kind of substance up is just failing a lot. And failing is a part of like the process and ultimately succeeding. Yeah. And at the time, it's hard to view that as a success. You ready for Freddy? Now that's a fucking bong hit. You are listening to Thanks for the Invite podcast with Freddie Correa. Hey everybody, this is Freddie Correa. You are watching Thanks for the Invite podcast and we are back. Thanks again for joining us now. I said watching because we're on YouTube now, but if you're listening, thank you again for downloading the episode. If you have a chance, if you have a three minutes, a three minutes, if you have a three minutes, well, if you have a three minutes or a minute, go to YouTube and leave us a comment, leave a little comment, say you watched the show, you liked it, uh, tell me what you thought, ask a question, uh, we have a very special episode today. My buddy Colin from Philly joined me today to co-host, and our guest today is an author, and he just wrote a book called On Perks, and you could get that book on onperks.com. Order it. You also get an audio version of it, and this book is about this comic who I have on today who you already know who it is. You saw the intro. You saw the title. What am I? It's Mike Rainey. From Philly, everybody, from Dad Meat Podcast, Little Stinkers Podcast. He's on the podcast today, okay? Well, he talks about, on this book, uh, all the times he went on Facebook while intoxicated on painkillers. He talks about addiction. He puts a screenshot of the post on Facebook, and then he does, he does the commentary where his mind was at and everything. And I can't wait to get my copy. I already ordered it, so I hope you order it too, especially if you listen to the whole episode and you really like what you hear. Please support Mike Rainey. Follow him on social media, Mike Rainey 82 across platforms. Uh, this episode is very special. Uh, it's very important because addiction, everybody knows somebody. If you yourself have not struggled with addiction, everybody at least knows somebody that has. So this is a good episode to recommend to anybody that you know of. Say, hey, check out this episode, especially somebody that's trying to seek help. Mike Rainey is somebody that has content out there that could help out a lot of people. There's a lot of comics that have gotten sober, and it's amazing to me. And, like, they're usually some of the best comics that also, like, you think, Oh, they're not as funny anymore. It's like, no, it's like, look at David Tell, Dan Soder, Joe Liz. Like, these people, they they had a problem and they went away from it, but they continue to pursue their passion, comedy, which is amazing to me. It's something I look up to. So, again, if this episode could help somebody you know, please share it with them. And if not, at least share this book. Buy it for Christmas. Buy it for New Year's. Any time of the year, go on Perks. Uh, dot com and get this book get get it for yourself as well uh, and then give it away that's a good thing to do also i like to um i used to i used to when i was a christian i haven't i, t I even say it on this podcast i haven't read a real book like a 
hard book in years. But when I was a Christian, I used to buy books and then give them away. Um, that's a great tradition. It's something that, whether it's a novel, science fiction, whatever, if it's something you liked, give it away to somebody. Don't be a library. Don't be like, I'll loan you this book. No one ever returns books, okay? No one ever does. Just give it away. Get yourself another copy. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I let somebody borrow a cassette of Ninja Turtles. Um, it was like a cartoon, of the, not the movie. And this kid would never return it. And then finally, I went over there and I talked to the mom and she yelled at me. So I went to talk to my mom. My mom went over there and demanded that the kid gave me uh, my cassette of the Ninja Turtles. It was a VHS. Well, for this little guy, I was going to cuss, but this little effer gives me my cassette back with the tape all pulled out. And my mom started yelling at the mom. They both got in a fight. They, they started ripping each other's um, hair out. They fought in front of us, me and the little kid. They got in a big old fight in the in our apartments. And um, they ended up in their bras. <laughs> my mom and this lady got, they ended up in their bras. And uh, my mom whooped their ass, man, because uh, that lady, she was bald. She didn't she didn't have her wig on. So I, I count that as a win, okay? <laughs> I think my mom won. But that's what happens when you lend people stuff. Just give it away. I should have just give. I should have just give my friend um, the movie. Uh, but yeah, no one ever returns stuff. So get yourself on perks and and uh, read it and give it to somebody that might need it. Or just get a second copy, guys. All right. This episode, again, it means a lot to me. If, if anything, it helped me out a lot. And I know it's going to help somebody. So enjoy this episode with Mike Rainey. Thank you, guys. Hey, Mike. Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? What's going good, on, good. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me tonight, guys. Oh, bro, thank yeah, you for absolutely. taking the time. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it, No brother. sweat, man. Can you guys yeah. hear me okay? Oh, if it, yeah. yeah. Hear you great. Sweet. Camera's good. Lighting's good. Everything's perfect. And Shoot, uh, have you met my buddy Colin right here? I have it, Colin. What's up, man? What's going on, man? I, uh, it's weird. This is going to sound weirder than it meant to be. But I actually work with your two daughters at Sterling Pig. Uh, oh, you know what? Uh, Bella told me about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. They you were, were at like, Stonefest, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, they were like, oh, his dad's a comedian. And I was like, oh, well, who is he? Is he local? And they're like, oh, it's Mike Rainey. I was like, dude, Mike Rainey's fucking awesome. It's fucking cool. Man. <laughs> oh, you're the man, Colin. It's good yeah, to meet you, dude. Yeah. Good to meet you too, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's so cool. I, I met Colin through Skankfest in Houston, and we became friends. It's and oh, that rules, man. Now, now we're did, over here podcasting. Did uh, so, yeah, I was happy to see that they're having it back in Vegas again this year because uh, I had a blast in October, yeah. man. That's even Houston was Houston was great too, though. But Vegas is ideal for it. Dude, yeah. we were just talking oh, yeah. about that, man. Vegas was so much fun. It was like, the way they set it up, where like it was the it, it, like the fact it was a movie theater and it worked out so well. Where like it's like I don't know for stand up like I don't do stand up but like like for stand up it seemed like it was really nice. You know, um, I I've done stand up before that in a movie theater a couple times and it was the fucking worst. But I think it was I think just because everybody was super into it and uh, there were decent crowds, I think it made it made it that much more fun. Yeah, I was ter- I I had two sets at the in the tank. And I was uh, terrified, bro. I was like, 
I've had a bad experience in a theater before. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it could be rough. And and my first one was at midnight. Uh Tony Woods was on stage. He destroyed oh, he's the man. But oh yeah, he is. He's great. And then right after he went up, people just started leaving because it's like yeah. it don't get better than that at that point. And right. then I was like like third to last or so. Yeah. I had the time of my life, bro. It was I know, amazing. Man. With 19 people in the audience left, yep. it was it was crazy. But yeah, I'm but excited dude, that's coming back, <laughs> dude. Um, just people being just wanting to be there makes a little difference because, like, how many times do you do a fucking show and people are just there because you know somebody gave them tickets or there's just you know a place to go for a night out and they don't oh, give yeah. a fuck. Yeah, it just Vegas, Vegas is like that, bro. It's like they, the tickets they give away, you know, f- for people that are losing money. So then they show yeah. up to the show all fucking pissed off and like oh yeah let me see this guy make me laugh (laughs) and they just sit there in the audience oh dude dude it's i mean we live kyle and i we live close to atlantic city so like i've i've never like performed in like outside of skankfest i've never performed in vegas but like i remember getting my first casino gig in atlantic city and it was that it was like you're looking at it to see a fucking 80 year old people who might not be alive some of them are sitting at the table fucking asleep. They're there because they got free shit. And it, it's it's the worst possible scenario for comedy. Yeah, it is. It's it sounds like it. Like, I don't, I don't, like, I, I always hear people talk about, like, oh, yeah, we're giving out free tickets. I'm like, there's no way that's enjoyable. There's no, no way doubt. that, like, hey, you know, you're going to have a stranger that you have no idea who it is, and we're, they're going to do stand-up for you. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh. In in Reno, Nevada, my hometown, uh, there's a theater. Well, they don't do the comedy shows there anymore, but it was a theater, kind of like a amphitheater setup where the the seats rise. And they gave away so many tickets, bro, that people would just, it devalues the show so much that they would just start having full blown conversations during people's sets and fights would break out. Because then other people. You know when you get that audience member that wants to watch comedy, so he tells somebody to shut up, and now they're bickering. Yeah, everything's everything's <laughs> fucked at that point. Oh yeah, people getting maced. It was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time I ever smelled. I don't know if it was mace or pepper spray. What the difference is, but I was like ten feet away and I was coughing. I'm like, holy shit! I did. I never. I never smelled it. I'm gonna have to start a fight at a comedy show to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, I was listening how you carry a knife because you're afraid of getting attacked by a dog. Yeah, yeah. I carry a little bottle of mace, like a for that reason. Yeah, because of that. Because I, I got a little dog now, and I'm like, people, I don't under, I never understand how people just let their dogs out without a leash or walk them. Yeah, same. You know, I've had pit bulls before, but especially if it's a pit bull, put a leash on it. You know. Yeah, for real, man. Yeah. That is that is a weird thing to not have a dog on it. Like, I, I'll go hiking with my dog, and he'll we'll let him off the leash if there's nobody around. Right. But the second I see anybody, it's like immediately. It's not even like yeah. a thought. Yeah. It's just like no, that's on the leash. Like, there's somebody else here. Why would you have a? I don't know. That's weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That is funny. Mike. Um, we're uh, both of us ordered your book. We can't wait to get it. And uh, you uh, just I got appreciate them. you guys. Oh, yeah, bro. And my buddy Sammy, who couldn't make it on the podcast today, uh, he ordered it as well. Oh, tell and, me what's uh, up. 
Oh, absolutely, bro. Will do. And he left me some questions uh, that I'll, I'll be reading for you uh, in a minute here. But um, you just got done recording the audio version as well, right? Yeah. 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 How, dude, how's I, that I going to be? Like, you know, it's a little bit different than a normal audio book because it's the, the way the book is configured is that there's the Facebook statuses that I posted while I was whacked on perks because, you know, I was whacked on painkillers for close to three years. And yeah. all I fucking did during that time was Facebook. And oftentimes, like, in most of these, like, statuses, like, there's no engagement whatsoever. <laughs> it's just me talking to nobody. So I figured the best way to help bring that to life is to have, like, all my funny friends come out and just read it along with me. Because the book is set up so that it's each of those posts, and then under that is a clear-headed analysis of what was actually going on. Oh, okay, okay. So I had probably like 10 of my buddies come in and read with me. So everybody's doing like, you know, just the section of the book. And they'll read the actual status, and then I'll read like the analysis of what was actually going on. Oh, and, dude, cool. I feel like the fucking luckiest guy in the world, man, because, you know, the people that I find the funniest just happen to also be my friends. Yeah. So people like, you know, Tim Butterly or Matt McCusker or Ryan Shaner and just so many people like that that, you know, I, I'm just fortunate to have access to. We're just like, yeah, dude, I'll come in and I'll, I'll read with you. And wow. that's going to be the audio book. And then um, I also recorded everything with video. So I'm going to put that out as well. Oh, wow. So yeah. it's going to be an audio video book. Damn. Yeah, so that's the books, so, Yeah, man. And it's, um, I just want to, you know, I, I guess maybe because I'm in the habit of just doing podcasts so many mm -hmm. times a week that it, it probably is going to come off more like a podcast, which I'm cool with because I don't yeah. know. Like, I put on audiobooks to go to sleep. And, yeah. you know, I want people to be entertained by this. So, having it more in like a uh, podcast format, I think it's going to be more enjoyable for people listening. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, like, your book is probably the first book I've bought like in three years or so. Oh, Freddie. Gonna, that means a lot be, to me, man. <laughs> it, makes, it makes me sound very dumb, right? But no. I do listen to a lot of audiobooks. <laughs> I just yeah, don't I read anymore. Dude, yeah, here's I the Listen, I count that as reading. Do you count it as reading? Yeah, fuck yeah, I do. Because yeah. you're taking in information, man. And so I'm like, doing other stuff at the same time. Right, yeah. I mean, if walking. you're listening to, uh, like, Dan Carlin, that's essentially an audiobook. Oh, like, yeah. That's like going to fucking college, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. that's what I, it is funny, like, that's what I listen to a lot while I'm, like, driving around. Because I think that's, I mean, it's essentially an audiobook, and it's just constant. So, like, that is cool. I didn't realize you were releasing it as a as an audio and a, like a video form as well. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm going to put oh. the, uh, I think I'm going to end up putting the video on the Dabby YouTube channel, but the audio is going to be presented, you know, as an MP3 for anybody who ordered it already. Oh, really? Yeah. So people that ordered it are also going to get the audio MP3. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So dope, dude, it, it took forever to finally get the fucking book to ship, but it's mm -hmm. being printed right now. So, yeah. All fingers crossed. I'm hoping to have it either by the end of this week or by next week. I think next week is the last, like the latest scenario, worst case scenario. And uh, dude, I just cannot wait to fucking send this fucking book out, man. I think people oh, yeah. are really gonna like it. And you know, it's embarrassing for me to even look at this shit like as I'm writing it and to reflect on it. So I can't imagine like how enjoyable it's gonna be for people to actually not have to be the one that was actually posting that shit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, 
So the even the style of the book itself, it's it's out of like thinking outside of the box. It's totally different of anything I heard of. You're putting the screenshots and then uh, of the actual posts. Is that correct? And yep. or yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the format is going to be like screenshot and then like a current day analysis of what was actually happening. See that right there. It's <laughs> it's original. It's like different. It's like a new form of writing a book. It's, I Dude, love it. Freddie, I have such a short attention span that like I have tried to write like a a typical classic like long form book, yeah. and it's like I feel like I'm fucking pulling teeth. Yeah. And eventually, I do want to do that because you know. I have like a, a number of drafts written that I eventually want to see them through. Yeah. But you know, for somebody with a fucking squirrel brain like I have, you know, setting it up is more like a, of more like a creative writing exercise in book length is more more fitting for somebody like me. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. That's. Um, I was listening to one of your uh, videos where you talked about setting goals, um, and to be more specific, it was uh, one of the so sober boners you put out. This yeah. is, I would say, two years ago, says. And the title of it is Waste Time with Alcoholism and Drug Ad Addiction. You mm -hmm. talked about setting goals. And, and um, once you become sober, all this time in the world that you have. What was this one of the goals that you set up, you know, to write a book one day? Did you have this in mind or is this something very recent? Freddie, man, uh, I actually... I was probably more productive on painkillers than I've ever been in my entire life. Uh -huh. So, wow. dude, I, my first fucking two books that I wrote, I wrote while whacked on painkillers. Wow. So, the terrible okay. advice book, you were on painkillers? Yeah, terrible advice and terrible advice for parents. I wrote while whacked on painkillers. Wow. And, uh, but, dude, I think the reason why I was so productive is because, like, for me, painkillers, they took away that self-doubt. Like, with everything I do, like, I just have imposter syndrome and I'm just fucking riddled with self-doubt. So to not have that, thanks to painkillers, I was just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And it's, and you know, obviously I can't keep doing, I can't keep doing fucking painkillers for the rest of my life, right. but I got to figure out a way to fucking, you know, set up a structure for myself to allow me to do the things that I know I should be doing. And this idea of how was this idea born uh, of having this new format, this different style of writing this book? Dude, you know what? Every now and again, like, uh, you know, on Facebook memories, it'll say like on this day you posted this. Yeah. And I started yeah. seeing that more and more. And I was like, yeah. I started noticing a pattern like, <clears throat> excuse me, like the dumbest shit that I would see that I posted at some point from 2012, 2014. Yeah. Was during a time where I know I was fucked up and I would repost it just out of like how, how stupid the shit was or how embarrassing it was. And yeah. it would get like more engagement than a lot of the other stuff I would post. And I'm a greedy yeah. little pig, dude. I still love like the likes. If you like it or retweet it, I'm like a puppy, dude. I'll be yours forever. Yeah. So that was getting yeah. like the most engagement. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Maybe I'll make it into a book. Yeah. And that's why I did a pre-sale because I had no idea how many people were going to buy it. And mm. you know, I was very fortunate, and a lot of people have bought it so far. And you know, I just can't wait to fucking put it out. Yeah. I thought it was really cool, by the way, that you did like a, a golden ticket thing. That. Like, oh, dude. I thought that was a really cool concept too. Like, I appreciate that, Colin. And dude, have the, part of the golden ticket is that like, I want to take people to my favorite pizza place. Have you have you ever been to uh, Pika's? Pika's? No. So where you, you where is this exactly? So I live in Media. Oh, dude. So it's fifteen minutes away. Okay. So but it's my favorite pizza place, and I've been going yeah. there since I was a kid, dude. And uh, 
I just love it so much. And like, I just wanted to find a creative way to, to give people something that was different than like a normal giveaway. And like the other part of the giveaway is, you know, anybody who gets a golden ticket has an open invite to come chill at the studio with us to sit in on a recording of dad meat and little stinkers. So, so now is that entire, is that, does that podcast studio now? Like, do you have your own, are you with Danny and everybody on like that kind of that Philly? Cause it seems like Danny started his own podcast studio. Do you guys have your own as well? No, we're there with him. So the way the studio is set up is that it's one recording space and everybody's just got like variations to their own set. So okay. I think there I think there's five podcasts there now. And uh it'll probably stay at that for a while. Um but yeah, we'll be there for the next couple of years. Fuck yeah, dude. Seems like Danny knows what he's doing too, so like that's really helpful. Yeah, you know what, man, he's somebody that I really admire. Like one of the I think one of the qualities I admire most in, in a person is a willingness to take chances like well into adulthood. Because, you know, I'm speaking from experience, like, I, you know, I fell into, like, a pretty severe rut when I was in my 30s because I just figured, you know, whatever job you're at is the job you're supposed to be at until you fucking don't, until you fucking die. Just because I figured that's the way that it works. And I just, any anytime I see anybody that's willing to take a chance and be like, no, nah, fuck that, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm going to try my own thing, and if it eats shit, it eats shit. But if it's successful, I at least want to take a shot at having it be successful. And Danny's somebody who's who he he dropped a well paying career to produce podcasts, you know, with his friends. It's wow. fucking awesome, man. And, he and does he's this in his mid thirties. Yeah, man. He uh wow. he was working in analytics full time up until about I think a year and a half ago. And then uh I guess it was hard to juggle a full time job and you know, I think he was doing like three separate podcasts at the time. So juggling the full time job, which I know was like he was staring at spreadsheets all day and he couldn't afford to fuck up. Yeah. So it had to be one or the other. And, uh, I'm glad he made the decision he did. Cause you know, he's somebody, he's somebody that I love and respect a lot and I look forward to just making more cool shit with him. Yeah, definitely. Um, well I got, um, I got three questions that my buddy Sammy had prepared for you. And one of them is how can a high functioning pill addict get off the pills when they don't hit rock bottom? But they know the pills are destroying their health. Dude, I think for me, it was a combination of, I guess, just knowing it was rock bottom, but then just taking a chance to just say, all right, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to go a week without them. Mm-hmm. And gradually, like, extending that time period. And if it's only a week at the time, you know, fuck it. It's only a week, which is better than doing them every day. And I think if you're setting smaller goals for yourself, it's just the, the the chances of getting what you want to accomplish is increased rather than just saying, all right, fuck it, I'm never doing pills again. Because at that point, it just becomes way too daunting. And I know I can't function like that. So, you know, it's for me, it was just setting small incremental goals. And, you know, part of like giving any kind of substance up is just failing a lot. And failing is a part of like the process and ultimately succeeding. Yeah. And at the time, it's hard to view that as a success. You know, you know, think it back to not only just pills, but for me, coke and fucking booze were just real motherfuckers for me. Yeah. And I had a harder time giving those two up than I did with pills. Like for me, pills was just everything. It, it came at the right time where I felt like I was finally ready to be done. I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to try going without it. 
and it sucked for a couple weeks, mm-hmm. but then it wasn't that bad. And then a big part of it too was I had just started a uh, a blog, and I got lucky, and the blo- the blog got pretty successful pretty quickly. So, dude, it was just like I mentioned with the likes, like you know, any kind of positive feedback I get will keep me engaged. Yeah. So having that to distract me from the fact that all I had wanted to do for the previous two and a half years was pills was monumental in eventually keeping me off. So, dude, it was just, I think, small goals and then figuring out shit to do with your time other than just getting fucked up are going to pay huge yeah. dividends. I think that's a big one, too, huh? Figuring out what to do, like staying busy. Because even a week for a lot of people, including myself, I'll, I'll be massive. honest with you, it's 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 hard like with alcohol because i drink mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. only thing i really do and and sometimes i'll do some nicotine while i'm drinking but even that right there yeah skipping how 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 do you take a hold of that like how do you do that just a week do you just set a smaller goal dog it's hell I, like i remember no think back to like giving up cocaine like when i last when i last did coke i had the best coke i've ever had which was the last thing that I fucking needed. <laughs> and dude, I had it. I had it. Dude. And dude, I had the, the nicest drug dealer at the time, too, which was oh, an even worse fuck. Dude, yeah, that's uh, he's the nicest guy in the world and he has the best coke, man. Oh, I mean, you're like, all right, well, I don't want to. Like, this is all fun. That is really funny, man. Sorry, dude. Man, This is really. Dude, I, brother, I, I kissed a few frogs and I finally met my prince, unfortunately. <laughs> And then you're like, damn, now I'm getting sober? Really? Now I'm thinking about it? I just met, like, my prince, and now I'm dealing with this? He was perfect, man. He was was fronting me coke and everything, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy's perfect. He's the perfect drug dealer. But, dude, to that point, after after I decided to give that up, like, with him, I had to, like, will myself to not get in my car and go meet him for a few weeks. And at that point, dude, I felt like I was... It was. I felt like I was fucking holding on for dear life, man. And it was just. It was just fucking murder. But you know, a big part of that and and getting that under control was just finding shit to occupy myself because mm. you know I have a squirrel brain. Like if I have my mind set on something, it's like whatever's in front of me, that's what I want. Or whatever I'm thinking about, yeah. that's what I want. However, if I could just you know, when you start tacking on days. The shit does get easier, but a lot of times, just even getting through that first fucking day or those first couple days, it's a nightmare. Did um, I don't know, like this is gonna kind of sound. Did stand up help? Did like knowing that you're like, yo, I can go do stand up. I can always go do something. Go to the Raven. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, does that help at all? Sorry, that, it's a little cliche. I'm just no, 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 dude. Honestly, that made it harder because, you know, that was where it's easiest to hang out and get fucked up because part of why like i i enjoyed comedy so much especially early on was that the like the uh the camaraderie aspect of it where i can hang out you know till fucking you know past two in the morning if they're keeping the bar open and just hang out with my buddies and you know we could have a good time and and just you know have like a friend group that i never had before so like it was harder to ignore that than it was to just find something else, you know, productive to do. But they do that. I'm glad you brought that up because like doing stand up like without like any kind of like crutch, especially like alcohol, because I would usually have a couple beers before I went on. Mm. Getting in the habit of, of doing stand up without drinking was one of the hardest things I've done. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I was told very like early 
um, to not drink before going up. Otherwise, it's going to be hard to perform without it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to drink. But as soon as I get done, bah, 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 yeah, 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 <laughs> blackout. <laughs> Dude, so that's the hard it, part for me. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's so much fun. And like more times than not, like I feel like most people can do it without getting into any serious trouble. So you could always rationalize in your brain. It's just like, all right, well, there's no, there's nothing tangible that's getting fucked up in my life. So why shouldn't I do it? Yeah. But then every now and again, like you'll have a time and be like, all right, well, that's fucked up. I shouldn't have done that. Or like I drove home really fucked up and I really definitely shouldn't do that. So. You know, you know, one of my problems, bro, and I'm just opening up right now, is that mm-hmm. I'm so responsible. I'm like a very responsible alcoholic. Mm-hmm. If I have one tiny sip of beer, Uber, or if, yeah. if my wife's not with me and I'm doing a show, I'll just drink club soda and I'll pretend I'm drinking. But as soon as I have that way out, my wife's with me, or hey, I don't have to go to work the next day. Like, yeah. It's like, I just fucking drink a lot and I'm like, this is becoming a problem because I'm not controlling that shit no more. Yeah. And you know, dude, I think, I don't know, you know, as I got older, like, I think like my, my tolerance for like, I don't know, enduring that stuff, it just, you know, became, became shorter and shorter. So like that helped, but yeah, dude, I can, I can relate to that shit, man, because it does, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not fucking easy, man. And all the time wasted. Yeah, like, dude, for me, and the first thing that I think of, like, that I thought of, like, when I, when I decided to do that video was the hangovers were just getting longer and longer. Yeah. So it was just multiple day hangovers. And, you know, I just got so much shit I want to do. And it's like, if I'm laying on the couch watching fucking Netflix, trying to fucking get my electrolytes back in my system, that's two fucking days where I'm not getting shit done that I know I should be getting done. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. That is tough. That is like, especially now too, because you also have an easy way to get like with the Pedialyte and everything with the, and the the liquid IVs and everything. Yeah, liquid. I carry a liquid IV with me at the club. <laughs> oh, dude, it's like having like a fucking pit stop. Yeah, like, you're like, oh, no. you just get get your fucking electrolytes in the fucking pit stop, and then you're back off to the races. Yeah, I mean, that's like, my cocaine. I've never done cocaine, but I always hear you could drink more with cocaine. Well, I. Take Pedialyte, or I take Pedialyte or Liquid IV, and I'm like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> you snorting Pedialyte? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I smoke like, it. Get it any way in me, man. <laughs> yeah. I just need it in me quickly, man. So. <laughs> Colin, can you give me a hand with this next one? I put it in yeah. the chat. I'm like Mayweather, dude. I can't fucking read. No, I don't so know like, um, sub. So did you use, were you, so when you were doing it, did you use the boxins? Like method, I mean methadone. I assume not as much, but I, but I, just knowing from like this area, like mm-hmm. I know suboxins are really big. I mean, with kratom taken off in its way. Yeah. Um, are those? Did you do that at all beforehand, like or afterwards, or were you just like, I have to go cold turkey, or this is just going to lead me back into <laughs> like uh, oxy's and perks? I did a cold turkey, man, and uh, what one quality that that I have that I'm glad I have is that like, if I make a decision to do something by and large, like I'm willing to endure whatever the struggle is to get through that. So with that, you know, it was a combination of finally feeling like I'm done with it and just being like, fuck it. I'm not going to try to re up my prescription at the next, 
Oh, so the you next had time a prescription the entire time. Dude, I had a prescription and then I was buying pills too. Right, right, right. But like, oh, wow. Yep. A lot of the time, a lot of people just, it's constantly, it's just buying, buying, buying. So, like, that, having that prescription is definitely makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, dude, it was. The doctor's your drug dealer. Yeah, dude, it felt like a blank check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was every month, man. But, uh, dude, the only time I, I, I tried Suboxone was, it was actually after, like, I gave up perks in, I think, fall of 2014. And in 2015, I would say, like, maybe March, I was, like, I was in a de- I was depressed for a while, and I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to get fucked up tonight. And I called somebody up who I thought would have pills. They're like, I don't have pills, but I do have some boxing. So I did get some of that then. And that was the only time I had it, though. And I actually, dude, I threw it in the trash at one point because I was like, all right, I, I took enough, and I was like, all right, I'm not taking this anymore. And I was staying at a hotel for a weekend. I threw it in the hotel trash. I went to go get fried chicken from a convenience store close by. And then as I'm as I'm parking my car, I'm like, you know what? If that's boxing still in the trash, I'm going to pick it out of the trash because I want it now. <laughs> and lo and behold, my suboxone was still in the trash. So I went and I picked it out and I had suboxone and fried chicken for dinner. Man. <laughs> I just sprinkle it. <laughs> they still sell that at Royal Farms, man. You got to check it out. <laughs> suboxone? <laughs> yeah, suboxone, uh, suboxone chicken, Royal Farms. <laughs> But yeah, dude, like that was the only time I ever had that, and um, yeah, it was cold turkey, and it sucks. It sucks for for a couple weeks, man. And yeah. then, you know, I think like with any addiction, ultimately the hardest part is breaking free of like the mental aspect of it. Yeah, and you know that that was definitely true for for pills, coke, or booze. This is the next question Sammy had was uh, does does he feel a difference in the way his pleasure receptors work? now compared to before using it and is there a significant difference in the health and mental issues there is dude um i gotta be honest man by and large like i don't generally enjoy things the way that i did with with substances you know i know that i know that what i'm doing now is the most productive and healthiest way to live my life but like i'm not gonna bullshit people like i don't have as much fun as i used to have like i used to feel like the life of the party but I don't feel like that anymore, but you know, it is what it is, man. And it's, it beats the alternative, but yeah, dude, I definitely have more fun getting fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, when the birds are 12 and one, man, we're doing all right. That's pretty. Yeah, dude. It's, it's not all bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't get me wrong. Though. Sorry. I, I throw still, that in there. No, I'm glad you did, man, because I can still have fun, but you know, it's, I have to seek out more things now, whereas I feel like the fun used to come to me. Yeah. You know, so it is, it is harder to find that, but, you know, I still have a good time. Yeah, it's you know. Do you find it's that hard. with like Skankfest, like you kind of get like you're like fuck yeah, man, like because now there are a lot more sober comics, even in mm-hmm. Philly with Shayner being sober. Like, yeah, y- you have sober comics you can hang out with and still have the fuck the fun of that as well, but it's still like a party aspect. Yeah. Like, oh, the, dude, that. Dude, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, that's the most fun that I've had out of the last two years. Skankfest has by, by far been the most fun that I've had. And, you know, being able to do it without fucking Coke, you know, booze or pills, you know, yeah. I don't even think about that. Now, I have to be honest, though, like, I started doing mushrooms this summer, and those have been a godsend for me, especially in regards to depression. So, like, yeah. I'm not fucking willy-nilly anymore. Like, I did five and a half years stone-cold sobriety. 
And that was definitely time well spent. But, yeah. you know, finding mushrooms and being able to microdose those now really helps keep me level-headed. So, like, you know, I do, you know, have that as an aid now. That's that's so, beautiful, man. I hear that's one of the best medicines that could help. Dude, you know, Freddie, you're, you're microdosing every every day now. Not every day, man. It's okay. I've I've Sorry, never Fred. had no. Okay, no, but like I've never had like a consistent schedule. I started in uh, like late August, and I guess maybe like three times a week. Like, there's no definitive like okay, I got to wake up and do it now. But there's times where I feel like all right, like I could probably use some now. And then, yeah. dude, it's, you know, I've been on SSRIs before and, you know, felt like a zombie. But with this shit, you know, it, it works for me. I don't know that it will work for everybody, but, yeah, you know, dude, I, you know, over the summer, like, I was pretty fucked up for a period. And that's when I started microdosing. And, dude, like, almost instantaneously, I didn't feel the way that I was feeling. You know, I, I felt know. like my fuck was, go ahead, man. Oh, my man. Uh, how do you microdose? Is it capsules or, like? I, I want I don't know anything of this. I just keep hearing about it. I want to learn because primarily a... primarily with chocolate squares. Okay. And um the the directions are written on each bar of chocolate that I've had and it makes it like very easy. And it tells you like, you know, just what about what you can expect from each dosage. Like like one or two of the chocolate I have now is like a typical microdose. And that's enough to where with with one square of that chocolate you know, it's imperceptible. Like I, I will feel a difference in my mood, but I won't, there won't be any like weird, you know, you know, visual distortions or auditory distortions. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, if I took two, then, you know, I'll start to notice some of that stuff more, but I don't really usually go far past that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, because there's, there's also those experiences where it's like, you, you're, you see God, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I accidentally had like a pretty strong experience. Cause like, Initially, like I just got a bunch of, of just regular mushrooms in a bag and I chewed one up, which was roughly a gram, but I, I didn't recognize the potency of it. Yeah. And dude, it fucking threw me for a loop, but it was good overall because I ended up having like a, a pretty, a pretty groundbreaking revelation during, you know, the four hours or so that it was active. Well, that's what is they, that how I mean, long it lasts? Four hours? Usually, yeah. yeah. My bad, Colin. No, no, I am. It's, uh, it's interesting they always have, like, they say that do, like, these very hard uh, psychedelics tend to help uh, addiction more than anything. Like, um, yeah. uh, like psilocybin is supposed to be a really good one. Uh, and then there's a couple other ones that are a little bit harder that I always hear, like, comedians talking about. They're like, oh, yeah, man, I did this. I tripped on, like, peyote. And, like, I really conquered a lot of my addiction mm -hmm. does that help did that is is that kind of the revelation you're talking about or was it just like a okay i'm doing this in my life kind of thing did, and i need to change it on the, on this particular time colin it was um it's almost like a slideshow was playing in my brain and it was you know just kind of like uh looking at at some things that were kind of weighing on my mind from a different perspective and then also having a more empathetic viewpoint on, on people that I interact with on a day-to-day -day basis and, you know, considering more of their perspective than I normally would not under the influence of that. And the biggest takeaway I had was, like, I kept, like, having feelings and, like, seeing instances of, like, my wife being strong. Oh, no, we lost him. We lost him. We'll remember that. He was talking about his wife being strong. His wife um, being strong, yeah. We'll see. 
There he is. Cool. Hey, Bam. brother. Sorry, guys. So, so you're talking about your wife being strong? Yeah, dude. It was weird. It was just, uh, just out of the blue. It's just like it was like a slideshow playing of like different instances of like her despite strength, like physical strength and also like, you know, you know, emotional strength. And it was just uh, a nice experience, she, and it left me with like a really just a deeper appreciation for for her. Do you think uh, like once or twice a year you wouldn't mind doing a little more of the mushrooms to kind of get that re re look at things in a different aspect? Do you think like that was kind of a one time thing? I didn't really. Or do you did you enjoy like that kind of perspective just once, and you don't want to do it again? No, I, w I would definitely be into it, man. Just. Um, I'm at a point in life where I just want to find, you know, get it like squeeze as much out of the fucking orange as, as, as I can. And <clears throat> if like, having like something that, that could aid in that, like I'm willing to try, that helps me to like be more appreciative of what I have, helps me appreciate the people around me more. It just helps me, you know, just gain a better understanding of what my life is. I'm all for it, man. Yeah. <clears throat> That's uh that's something I definitely want to uh make my way into, you know, one day. I I sooner than later because I sit there. Here's here's the kind of things I I've done when I'm super drunk, bro. I sit there and I'm just um eating bad, taking shots, drinking yeah. my IPA, and I start watching ayahuasca videos. <laughs> there's so many <laughs> There's so many documentaries on ayahuasca and I just sit there just like oh i want to do that so bad i want to change my life i need mm -hmm. to stop drinking and then i keep drinking <laughs> it's like dude it's i get like it. this fucking i'm chasing my own tail dude i get it man and uh to that point uh, a, a friend of mine has gone on a couple ayahuasca retreats and, and he said really glowing things about it so that's something i would yeah. definitely consider too so you know Hell yeah if you want to take a, an ayahuasca retreat the next time we're at Skagfest, that might be the time i'd, I'd be willing to try it Okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could talk to Ari and see if he knows somebody. I'm sure he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 ayahuasca definitely seems like the one where you really, because it is an addiction and it's something that, that you, you, you're going to deal with for the rest of your life, but you also can learn to kind of control it in yeah. a way. And yeah. ayahuasca seems to be one of the ones where you're like, all right, so why did I go to this? Dude. Why did, Colin, that's a like, great point, man. And I think, you know, that's something that, you know, I'm coming more and more to the realization for, you know, being so far away from the substances that used to fuck me up is like, okay, I don't, I don't think I'm irreparably, irreparably broken. However, there's a reason why I'm choosing these things to feel differently. And I got to fucking figure that shit out. And I think if you're able to get to, get to the point where you could figure out why those things are basically symptomatic of a bigger problem, then I think you're on the right track to figuring out how to unfuck yourself. Yeah, I, that's a really great way to put it. Unfuck yourself. Yeah. That is exactly what it is, because it's like, <laughs> something happened. Because even like, if you look at it like, alright, well, I want to tell jokes to strangers. Mm -hmm. Alright, well, there's, in my mind, like, I love stand-up, but like, inherently, I would assume most comedians are fucked up in their own right, because yeah. I have to look for this approval, yeah. so I imagine that also brings into the aspect of why, like, drug addiction can be really high with comedians because of that aspect as well. So, like, ayahuasca could be the thing of, like, 
oh, okay, this is why I do this. I still love doing stand-up, but mm-hmm. I also understand now, okay, this is why. Yeah. Oh, I mean, because your childhood is fucking wild from the stories I've heard. Yeah, man, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a... Uh, it's funny, like, sometimes, like, I'll, I'll say something out loud, and dude, I have anxiety after almost every podcast, because I think, like, all right, fuck, I probably should not have revealed that. That might have been a little too much for, for people, but it's just like, fuck it, man. If, if somebody, if it can make somebody laugh, or somebody can yeah. relate to it, or it can make somebody feel better about something similar that they went through, then fuck it. I'll, you know, I'll keep talking about that shit, because, baby. Right. I mean... No, I, so, I, I, yeah, in my mind, like, that's what I feel like a lot of comedians do is talk about it in a way so that they can, just to one person, if one person can feel better, in my mind, I'm, it, like, for me, watching so much stand-up, even, like, all the barrage of different stand-up, like, oh, cool, yeah, I felt like that at some point in my life, mm-hmm. that's fucking awesome, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm not a fucking. I'm not by myself. Yeah, and dude, I think at the basis of all of this, you know, I think that's the kind of impression that that I want to leave. Like whether it's through like, you know, like an act of service or just. Oh, uh, we lost him again. Yeah. Um, is that um, just to to stay on that, Freddie? Because I want to ask you a question about that. Is that why you got into stand up? Like, do you feel the same kind of way? Sorry, guys. I was I crapped out again. Oh, no worries, brother. No, man. He, he was just asking me about, like, if it's the same way. And I told him, yeah, it's like I'm an attention whore. Like, I, yeah. I'm a, since I was a kid, I didn't know stand-up was what I wanted to do. I had no idea even how to do stand-up, uh, how, if there was a way. And, no, it's always been, like, just trying to make people laugh and uh, just so I could feel good, I guess, about myself. <laughs> dude, I, I completely get it, dude. And there's, I don't know, man. Do you feel as though, like, uh, do you ever have, like, a, uh, try to come to a rationalization in that, like, all right, I do want to make myself feel good, but at the same time, I do want to make other people feel good and know that there's, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle as to why you do what you do? In in the recent years, yeah. Yeah. Especially after COVID, bro. Yeah. Um, When we opened up the club, like, six months after the shutdown, they gave us all the restrictions at the Stratosphere Casino and... And uh, we followed everything. We had to go up there. We we're allowed to take off our mask while we're performing. Mm-hmm. And, bro, making people laugh with masks was very difficult, and they're 25 feet away. But yeah. they would come up, and they were so grateful. And I started realizing, oh, shit, I'm not just doing this for me. Now, like, yeah. it changed something. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. No, dude, I, I get that, man. It's you know That's the perfect example as to, like, how you realize, you know, what kind of effect that, you know, whether it's stand-up or podcast or fucking movies or sketches, you know, can have on people because everybody's just trying to fucking get away from their own, their own fucking shit, man. And it's, yeah, you know, how many times a day do you put on something or listen to somebody that makes you laugh just to feel differently? So I think like that can yeah. never be discounted. The effect that like that you have on people. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what podcast does to me. When mm-hmm. I listen to podcasts, it, it really helps me. It, it could help me with anxiety. I'll sit there and laugh by myself like a maniac at mm-hmm. work. And, you know, it, it really helps me. It, if I don't have a podcast 
playing, I, I start getting anxiety. But sometimes I do have mm-hmm. to shut it down so I could hear myself think. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm struggling with that now, man. I need to to just get in the habit of just fucking taking longer and longer stretches where I'm just not consuming anything. Right. Yeah, man. Um, Mike, thank you. Uh, we'll we'll be wrapping it, this up soon, peace. I know I told you only a half hour, and bro, thank you so much for being on the on the podcast and sharing with us, man. Um, I appreciate. I you wanted guys, to ask man. you. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Um, so one of the craziest things that you ever did while being on any of the vices if if you could share with us a story uh, it could be embarrassing or or something wild that you regret um i i drove to atlantic city and got super fucked up man i live in i live about five minutes from the philly airport and to get to atlantic city you could be there within a half an hour and a half and I drove there, and uh, after I'd been getting fucked up all day, and I ended up uh, buying a bunch of coke and just getting into a bunch of shit that I would have never foreseen myself getting into. And then just yeah. when the night ends, it's like I'm out of money. And fortunately, one of my buddies was down there gambling, and he was playing poker, and I had to borrow 40 bucks off of him to fucking get the fuck home. <clears throat> and dude, that night, I had messaged all the contacts on my phone asking everybody to Western Union me 100 bucks. And two people actually came through. So when I got back to Philly, I was able to go to a Western Union inside of a Kmart and get that 200 bucks because I knew the first thing my wife was going to say, she's like, I bet you don't have any money left, do you, motherfucker? And I wanted to be able to walk through that door and be like, no, I actually got 200 bucks left. So there. So, like, dude, that was, yeah, yeah that was, dude, that was one that kind of, like, made me realize, like, all right, I really need to fucking get my life together because... It was a nice day up until that point. We were fucking barbecuing. We were hanging out, having a good time. And, you know, my wife went to the yeah. store to go get fucking hot dog rolls or some shit. And she came home and I was on my way to Atlantic City. Damn. Wow. Damn, dude. So, How, does oh, Lyle, I have a, so, like, your wife saw this full progression of you. Yeah. How, like, what is her, what is her perception? And, I, and you might have gotten that, but, like, what is her perception of everything that's happened? since like because you were dating her and they're there before and then you got on them and then you got off of them have has there been like what is her perception of everything that transpired with i think with pills i think like it was kind of like easier to be tolerant because you know it was coming from a doctor you know and i had a legitimate reason to have them so i think that there was more tolerance for that than there probably was with you know, drinking and coke just because, you know, it was hard for me to ever just chill the fuck out. Like, you know, once I got going, I really wanted to get going with that shit. So, you know, it's, you know, I'm very fortunate. You know, I love my wife and, you know, she's the person, she is my best friend. She's the person I spend the most amount of time with. She's the person I have the most fun with. Um, I want to fucking kill her most days, but at the same time, I think, you know, you know, that's part of, you know, that's part of what love is. So, you know, I'm just very yeah. fortunate to have her, and I'm very fortunate that, like, we were able to get through that because, you know, it's just fucked up for somebody to have to, like, sit through that and have to just wait for somebody to get their shit together just so you can keep moving forward. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and so my last question is, out of all the vices that you were doing, what's the most recent one? Uh, where where you you know finally said okay this is it was it alcohol was that the last one uh yeah no 
I would say, all right, 2017 was my last bender. That was Coke and alcohol. And okay. brother, it was a good one, man. I'm glad I went out with that one because, you know, that, that there were some fireworks <laughs> that night, man. That was the way to go out, man. And I think, like, having to go out that way was, you know, for a person like me that's just, was, I need to feel extremes. And, like, feeling the extremes that I felt that night was the only way to go out. And that was a uh, a nice way to send alcohol and cocaine off. Mm. <laughs> wow, bro. Fireworks that, that, that night. Oh, brother. So the next day when you woke up. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, it was fucked, man, because, you know, I was, I was partying by myself for a while, man. And uh, I actually, uh, yeah, I started off at, uh, yeah, I started off at the Sterling Pig. And I was partying there. Dude, yeah, man. I was partying there all night, and then it just ended up at fucking uh, Sugar House Casino in Philly. Then ended up in somebody's house, and it was just, and then I ended up, my, I was about to say my final resting place, like I'm fucking dead. But the last place that I hit that night was a fucking shithole motel on Baltimore Pike, which is, you know, pretty close to my house, which is the kind of motel that people go to to either die or fucking die, you know? And at that point, like, coming home from that was just like, all right, dude, if you're in a motel by yourself at 7 a.m. watching fucking game shows, doing drugs, you know, you really got to get your fucking life together, man. And that that was what I needed to get to where I'm at now. That's fucking all. I mean, that is an unbelievable story, though. But, like, I, I, I've, I've seen that happen before, man, and it's still, like, it's impressive to understand that, like, yo, I have to change everything now. Like, yeah. this, yeah. I can't end up. I can't end up at a motel again at three in the morning <laughs> yeah. like this. I, I, I this is the, I, damn. Yeah, dude, that, yeah, that's, that's what old, I mean. The old you died right there. Yeah, dude, I, I kind of feel like that, yeah, man. And it was, respect. you know, it was what I needed, man. And it's, dude, I came home and I fucking laid on yeah. the couch for fucking two days and, you know, just started making plans to kind of get my shit together, man. So it's what I needed. So yeah. I, was, I was glad I did it. Yeah, yeah, things need to happen sometimes, you know, it, it, that's just the way it works. It could be something pretty, it could have, thank God it wasn't tragic, bro. Yeah, man, I'm very but, lucky, uh, man. Sometimes tragedy changes shit, yeah. Yeah, I got lucky, man, and it's, you know, looking back, I could say I had a lot of good times, but the reality is, more than anything else, I just got lucky. Yeah, yeah, man. Bro, well, let's let's plug the, the book again on Perks. Um, you can get your your book and and uh, it, they're shipping out in December pretty yeah, soon. I should have them next week. So yeah, if you go to onperks.com, you can read all about my fucking perk journey, and uh, you can buy the actual print copy, the audio book, and the ebook. And uh, I think if you like anything I do, you're really going to enjoy this book, man. And uh, I had a lot of fun writing it. It's um, it was a combination of enjoying it and also feeling mortified by it. So. If you like reading about other people doing fucked up shit, then this will be the book for you. I yeah. can I can say like living in Delco, living in this area. If you're in that area, and truthfully anywhere, man, it, it really it's fucking hilarious. And like, thank you. Kyle. You'll get it. You'll you'll love it. Yeah, man, you'll yeah. love it. It's oh man, it made me laugh. Like I rem like reading your stuff on Twitter. If it's any close to that, like it's uh, it's gonna be great. I appreciate I you guys. 
And, and on Twitter, are you Mike Rainey eighty two as well? Yeah, it's me on Twitter and on Instagram too at Mike Rainey eighty two. There you go. Follow Mike Rainey. Check out. Uh, listen to the podcast Dad Meat. What was the other podcast? Little, Little Snickers Sp- is my true crime podcast. Which? Oh hell yeah! I love those kind of podcasts, man. I'm subscribing. Oh hell bro. yeah! Hey if, guys, I hope to catch up with you next year at Skankfest, man. I love to chill with you guys and, and just uh, just hang out. Yeah, absolutely, I was, bro. Um, I was. We were just talking on the last podcast. Colin was saying. Um, tell me I need to make a trip up there, man. So I'll probably see you before that. So. Oh, brother, you have an open invite, man. Yeah. yeah. So hit me up there. Thank and we'll, you, come. we'll do some fun stuff, and uh, I'll take you guys both to Pekas. Yeah. Fuck Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Right All on, right, man. Good. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you I so much, bro. You, guys. You, you have a great rest of your night, bro. Likewise, boys. I'll see you soon. How cool was that to have Mike Rainey on the podcast, bro? Yeah, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> to, like, hear those stories Yeah, is always great, man. Dude, I think this is something um, uh, that could help out a lot of people. Not 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 just uh, the book, his podcast, which you share so much, but this episode. Somebody has never heard of Mike Rainey. Uh, my podcast is not that big, but I think this is something that could help out a lot of people, including myself. You know, this is so. Is is addiction? Is it? I mean, it's Vegas, so like the life of the party can be as big as it is. Does it? Does it? become a problem like do you see people kind of just fall by the wayside when you're like like have you watched comics go like oh man he he, he fell off because yeah man i have um I, I there was this comic that i did a podcast with him maybe like eight years ago and he was notorious for getting super drunk where they had to like carry him out like he did a podcast one time on someone else's show and they had to like pretty much carry him out from, from that from what i heard the stories like carrying him out to the car and they dropped him off he would get super wasted bro uh me and him did an episode at a outdoor mall here in vegas at this wine wine italian place and we just i got him a glass of wine and a glass of wine for me and bro he finished this so quick he looks over to me. He's like, Freddie, uh, can I can I take a sip of yours?" I'm like, "Sure." <laughs> During the podcast, and it's like, it was just kind of strange. Like, I had never noticed somebody be that addicted where they're like, "Can I have some of yours?" And he was at this point, he was like shaking, bro. Well, he ended up pretty much going away from stand up, and uh, he's doing great now because he sobered up, bro. And he only does weed now. He lost weight, but I think maybe being around stand up, it was too hard because. He, and he was a funny dude, man. You know? It's so weird. Like, it is so exciting, especially because, like, I mean, just as, a, like, a uh, a patron of it, like, like I, I saw Big J a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's, like, it, it's, it's you got to get the two drinks. You got to get to this. You got to get to that. And you're, like, oh, I'm going to pay $9 for a water. Well, then I'll just pay $4 for a beer. Right, right, right. I, this oh. is my problem, bro. I, I said it on the episodes. Like, I'm I'm too much of a responsible alcoholic, which that right there is like dangerous, man. It's fucking dangerous because I know how to get fucked up and not do stupid shit. So when is my rock bottoms gonna happen? You know, like people but, get sober up by hitting rock bottom. 
I'm not. I, I even, I've been super blacked out, bro. I never once thought uh, like something inside me, my subconscious, maybe. You're not touching the car. You're not going in there. You're gonna fuck. So that's car. huge, man. That's an unbelievable. The fact that you recognize that is why I don't think like like uh, you can drink and be responsible, man. Like yeah, we that's drank. Dangerous. That's dangerous in itself. It is. I know. I, yeah, it is. I, I don't know. Like I always like. Like that night, we were all hanging out, man. We were all taking oh, shots. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. But like, I don't think we did anything wrong. Like I, in my no. mind, like, like none of us gotten. I, I, you and I, we walked, and that's the benefit mm -hmm. of of Vegas is that you yeah. have that ability to walk around. Sure. No, that's that's a beautiful experience, bro. I told you it's one of my highlights of Skinkfest, hanging out with you, Sammy, Christian, uh, Lizzie, and just laughing it up in the podcast studio room and then christine opens the door she's like what's going on in here she's like oh you guys are having a good time was it christine yeah uh, bobby hutch bobby hutch but christine popped in too I yeah think. christine popped in as well okay so and then we walk out and it was bobby hutch could have just told us to shut the fuck up he was producing legion of skates right outside the like an episode i saw the screen he was the, they just had done the live legion of skates episode and he's already producing it he could, I mean, he has headphones, but he could have said, hey, you guys, what the fuck are you... No, everybody's just letting us have a good time. It was an amazing experience, bro. Here's the issue, and I don't know if people can relate to this, is when you're by yourself, and then you're drinking. You're like, ah, I came home from work. I'm going to knock one out to unwind. That's I the think, stuff people don't see. Yeah, I think that's where it gets dangerous. If you're yeah. drinking by yourself, that's when it starts getting into that, like... Yeah. Well, what am I doing, man? I'm I'm getting I'm having five, six beers mm -hmm. by myself. I mean, like, put in perspective. I have no, I have a three, right? No, dude, you're fucking. <laughs> but like, you you have that you have that capacity to easily like. I have a bar in my house with a bunch of different bottles. Like, I like making a cocktail. Yeah. But I like we'll sit on booze for months, years. I mean, I'd be bottles that have dust on them because i'm like i mean mm -hmm. what am i gonna come home and have a cocktail like i work at a brewery like, yeah I, I can drink i can drink every day and nobody bats an eye at work because everybody goes oh yeah it's a it's a brewery okay so that is the definition of a real responsible alcoholic because you could go and not touch those booze for a while i heard joe list talk about this and he said i never understood how people could have booze in their house uh, that doesn't work for a, a raging alcoholic because a raging alcoholic will will go through that immediately. Yeah, Easily. I never. I, it's you why know? I never felt like I was like I drink a lot. Don't get me wrong, no. but I've never felt that because I have this booze. Like, dude, I have bottles. Like, when you come up to Philly, I'll start like. Dude, we could get here and get blackout drunk for probably a week straight, and I would still have mm -hmm. booze in my house. Yeah, no, that's 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 badass. I and and th because I I'm always trying to think ahead. I usually have stuff ready to go. So if we're out and about, I mean Vegas doesn't close, but when we get home, want to keep drinking. We got stuff at the house. But yeah, man, I guess it's just one of those things where I I definitely want to ease off and be able to have that self control and because during the pandemic, alcoholism went up for a lot of people 
And I got to say, including myself, because I went from just hanging out, having a drink or two on the weekends, and now it's like every other day or or sometimes been seven days straight. At least I'll have one drink. Interesting. You know, that kind of thing. And it's like, it, I thought it was, a, it was it was a blessing that you sent me that screenshot when you, you said uh, Mike Rainey wanted to do people's podcasts and to promote his book. And and uh, I immediately hit him up, thanks to you, man. And here we made it happen. It was it was amazing, bro. What a great episode. Dude, that was killer, man. Like, Mike is fucking hilarious. And it's yeah. it's so cool that, like, yeah. I mean, we got him for, like, almost an hour. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, oh, so uh, before I hit record, we were talking about my, my new, uh, that bit I'm working on, this talking about snitching on people. Yeah, and, uh, which was one of the topics of the episode we did with Jeremiah Watkins. <laughs> so funny, just, man! Just me snitching my snitching story. I got a new one for you. All right, all right, let's hear it. All right, so I follow this page, one of my favorite Instagram pages. They, uh, they, oh, I'm I'm such a fucking dick. All right, so they post crazy shit, bro, like live leak shit. I mean, people getting shot. What, what's the page? I'm going to follow it. Okay. Because I have to tell you about one that I meant to. It's called uh, Cart Knocks. And it's uh -huh. this guy that just snitches on people that don't put their cart back when they're at the Oh, I see, I've seen some of those clips. I don't know if it's the same guy, but it, yeah. It, it makes me laugh every time because I just think like, yo, this is definitely something Freddie would love. Yeah. Because, like, he like he would snitch on these people immediately. He would love to snitch on people that go to fucking Walmart and, and yeah. fucking Whole Foods and don't bring back their cart. So just, yo, know, it's a three-second walk. Fucking just put yeah. it there. You just leave it I, right I've, where. Bro, I've seen those videos, and it, 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 here's why those videos are good. Yeah, even though he's being a Karen, you know, about it or whatever, but uh, it... it Maybe in you or me, it triggered me to always put my shit back. I'm like, I mean, you, you always, it's, right. yeah, <laughs> he's right. I should be putting the shit back, man. I'm, just, a, such a, I'm such a dick. <laughs> Wait, so I'm, you weren't putting your cart back? Sometimes I, it depends. Come on. Like, if it's too far, <laughs> if it's too far, bro. That's too far. <laughs> if it's, it's too far. <laughs> or, 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 or how about this? Have you ever, have you ever, um, had to take a shit, right? And then you go to a public restroom and there's shit everywhere, piss all over the place. You're like, all right, I'll hold it. It's the same thing. Have you ever seen a cart where everything's super full and you can't even organize the cart in the, in the slot? Yeah. And you're like, I'm just going to leave it here. I mean, I didn't, that, but I the guy, the, guy, the guy's been on break too long. He hasn't picked up the fucking carts. <laughs> I'm just going to add more to the pileup. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, dude, I can't, I don't understand that, like, I just, in my mind, I'm like, yo, at the worst, like, I'm just gonna put it back, I'm just, I can't, because, in my mind, I'm thinking, if I get hit by a, by a cart, I'm gonna be more angry, yeah, and I, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I just don't want that, alright, so Instagram page, sorry, yeah, well, okay, well, let's, just to yeah, yeah. talk about that guy, though, real quick, I love those kind of videos. However, it's not my style. No, you're I more go, secretive. I go, I go behind the shadows. I don't show my face. I'm a fucking Batman over here. Dude, when I snitch, you don't know who snitched. You know who <laughs> hit you. You know? 
Um, I don't know if I said it on that bit, but that whole snitches get stitches is like, yeah, when you get caught snitching, you know, you got to be good about it. All those Karens, the rise of the Karens, they're dumb snitches because they're sometimes they walk up with their camera and snitch. It's like, no, you got to do it like, but here's a bad one. Here's, here's a, I feel guilty of this because I enjoy this page. Here's what I did, bro. So, and I'll send it to you because I couldn't find it right now. It's probably shadow band because all the shit that they do. Yeah, um, yeah. But they're, they're like a super private page. They'll post anything from a fight, which I love fight videos. Uh, I can sit there and just oh, watch. Just. Oh, they're great. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're awesome. And um, I could watch a fight video, like especially the fast ones, like 20 times in a row. Just like, oh, what was that guy doing when it's like a brawl? What was, then I, I focus on one guy. What was he doing the whole time? Now the other guy. But, um, yeah, so they post a lot of cool shit like that. But today they posted, bro. Lately they've been posting some live leak shit where people are getting shot. And I'm like, bro, how the hell are they getting away with posting? It was very gr- Like, it's my fucking fault, bro. I'm a fucking dick. I, I clicked on the, uh, the sense that this might be sensitive. You shouldn't watch this. I'm like, I'm watching it. <laughs> that makes me want to watch it more. Yeah, and bro, is this guy this guy getting brutally murdered, bro, in his truck with the fucking AR? I'm like, and I was at the moment. I haven't told you, but I was having a little bit of a panic attack earlier today. Um, high blood pressure type of shit. This Jesus. is one of the reasons I want to ease off the alcohol and shit. But but when I start thinking about it, I, I psych I psych myself off more. So I was having a little bit of a panic attack, bro. Like an hour before the podcast, I called Lizzie and I said, "Hey, remember that time I went to the hospital because I thought I was going to have a heart attack, and they did an EKG on me and all that. I'm feeling that way right now, and I don't know. I just need to talk to you." And she calmed me down. She sent me some YouTube videos. I start breathing in deeply. I get home, bro. I'm taking a shit, scrolling through Instagram. I'm coming off the panic attack, bro. And then uh, I see this video, and I'm like, what the fuck? I just had a fucking panic attack, you assholes. And I fucking reported the video, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all just self-serving, just like, nah, man. Fuck this, dude. I don't want to have to deal with this. No one should have to deal with this. Yeah, dude. I'm like, no one should have to see this. And if I wasn't having a panic attack, it would have been cool. I would have been like, oh, that sucks, man. Because I used to go to Live League and watch some crazy shit. I can never oh, watch dude. beheading video. I'm not into the beheading. But, yeah, some na- narco cartel shit. And, oh, but, dude. bro, this video was like that. It was like in Colombia. And they they fucking go and open the door and then they they take out a handgun and they shoot him even more just to make sure he's dead and it's like, Jesus. why is this on Instagram, bro? What the fuck? It is funny that you can go from that to just like some girl shaking her butt trying to promote her OnlyFans with a camel toe. Yeah, it dumped. I'm telling you, Instagram's so weird. Like I was like, dude, Instagram's so bad. I'm like, it is, but you gotta remember, like. It's the weirdest place ever. Yeah, it is. Like, you can see, you can see everything. You can legitimately see everything on Instagram. I, for honest with you, I get that snitching. I, I, I get that snitching. You think I, you I, get that one? I get that one. The, the it was gruesome, a lot. bro. 
Yeah, because it's, it's a weird thing, man. Like, what, I saw that, like, Texas just tried to ban, is trying to ban, like, social media for people under 13, and, like, like I don't know. I guess, like, yeah. I'm going to tell you they're going to find it either way, but if, if it can mildly help a 13-year-old, I guess. I don't yeah. know, like, at, at 13, dude, I watched a beheading video at 13 years old. Yeah. And maybe that's why I like comedy so much, because I'm like, I've seen the most fucked up thing you could see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, man, I used to watch Faces of Death. I used to watch all those videos, bro. I've seen some crazy shit, too, and it's... Um, it, <clears throat> it's just like... It, it's the kind of thing that kind of pisses you off when... You know, I don't know if you've been in trouble before with where Instagram will hit you up and say, hey, what you posted was... Oh, no, I'm against not that our popular. And all, uh, well... You don't have to be popular nowadays. The bots, they, they, they like, um, I posted a uh, picture like three, four years ago of me completely naked with Easter bunny ears <laughs> saying hilarious. happy Easter. <laughs> That's yeah. Hilarious. And, and, um, my, my wife took the picture. It was a joke. I'm like, take a picture. And then I'm like, I'm going to post this. She's like, no, you can't post it. And here's the thing. I pixelated my junk, obviously. Yeah. And then I made it extra longer, like if I'm hella of big, right? Of course. Of course. And people had a blast. They were bawling. They were laughing. Then I, it gets taken down, bro. It gets Damn. taken down because it's against Instagram and Facebook policy. I was like, what the fuck? Like everything is pixelated. It was you pixelated. You should have you you done your Oh, yeah, huh? That's true. But then, like you said, you see chicks shaking their ass like crazy. Yeah, like, like, I don't... What are the rules? Are, are the yeah. rules, like, just don't be funny and then we'll make sure you're all right, or... Here's another <laughs> one that they, they took down. Uh, I posted... Just a little joke from when I used to be a cable guy. I said, um, uh, in all the years that I worked as a cable guy... Not one woman ever asked me for free cable. And it's true. I never got hit up by a woman for free cable. It was Damn. always dudes. And I said, this is proof that men are pigs. <laughs> for a little while, for an hour, bro, it got like over 50 likes. Like the laughs likes. <laughs> and it was, I was like, fuck yeah, that's a good joke. It was funny. It, it got taken down because men are pigs is offensive. That's, I mean, that's stupid. Like, I don't. So, yeah. like, this this new trend of, like, protect men, I I, I've, yeah. I've, I I keep hearing about. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, you got to protect men because, you know, men, yeah. like, men are being, like, they're trying to make men soft. I'm like, yo, like, r like real men, however you want to put that, like, they're not. We're good. We're, right. we're going to be making fun of shit and, like. Yeah. So, like, maybe the 1% are making men soft, but, like, I don't know. Most dudes are just being dudes. Yeah, man. It's the the whole thing about protecting men. It's like I, I've, I've listened to those podcasts in the past where they're very, like, men-oriented, like like Tom Likas. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Tom, uh, no. I... Tom Likas uh, was this guy that he's still around. I, I still like him. He's cool, but it was very like uh, how to take advantage of of a woman and um, get laid without spending too much money. That kind of thing, like, and, and it, it, it starts developing these this this new uh, generation of men that are like they're going to treat women like shit. And 
I think there's a balance because at the same time, he teaches so much good shit, bro. He talks about financing, uh, how to be smart with your money. And there's a lot of good shit that he teaches, and I, I still love the guy. Uh, and I, you could look up videos of his on YouTube. They're great videos, but there's a balance because, like, for example, some of the shit that he says is also true how some women, and I hate to generalize, that's why I say some, they take a guy and they just fucking get pregnant, use him, and it's like people do need to be educated, but it can't be too extreme on this side and can't be too extreme on that side. Unfortunately, that's what people go to. They go to the extremes. Because it's easy. I really, honestly, yeah. I really believe it's, it's so much easier to go, yeah, not all women are just terrible and just, you know, women are the problems now. They don't understand. I'm like, yo, man, it, it probably isn't that. It's probably you can't like, I've met people in my life that are just like, dude, it's so hard to talk to chicks. Like, I don't even know. I'm like, I don't know, man. Talk to them like they're a person. If they don't like you, you just move on. Like, yeah. If you, yeah, you think this one girl's hot, like, great. Well, I don't know. There's 15,000 more. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you're, Lizzie's fucking a wonderful woman. And, like, if she, if she was just like, I'm done, like, it would hurt, but. Freddie, you're out here doing dope shit. Like you'd find, you'd find another shit. It would suck. I'm not saying it wouldn't suck, but like, I don't know, man. Like it's, <sighs> dude. Um, I, I, <laughs> I don't think I told you. I don't think I told you this, but um, T.J. Miller, I opened for him. That's fucking summertime. awesome. Yeah, I. It was a great experience uh, in the summertime at Wise Guys wow. here in Vegas. And he got to meet Lizzie, my puppy, uh, you know, cutie. Lizzie was carrying the puppy. And he he was very nice, very, like, such a respectful guy. And, you know, he, he at one point he asked, you know, because I, I get it. I, I make jokes about how my wife is way better looking than me. And, you know, she's out of my league. I make jokes about it, right? Well, he said, he's like, um, hey, man, so how long have you guys been together? And I'm like. 17 years he's like 17 years wow how'd you guys meet i'm like oh well we met when we were kids and then he's like oh it makes sense it's like all right dude I'm like what what is that supposed yeah, to be all right bro like what <laughs> It's like the fucking like yo, dude. Like I don't know what that means. Uh, like, what makes dude, sense? You st- like you're like oh yeah, like like fuck you, bro. Like I, and I like that. TJ Miller's great. It's just like it's just a funny guy shit to do where you're just like, well, you know, like you kind of look like this, so like you kind of deserve a guy, and like I deserve whatever I want to deserve. Fuck you. Bro, he was so cool. Um, there was this no, one no, time no. Um, we're in the green room, and I think it was um, it was the last show on Saturday, and we're in there with his his uh, feature, and he's uh, he's telling me he's like, "Hey, man, so it looks like the shows have gone great. This is our last show. It looks like if we do well on this one, we won't have to do Sunday." I'm like, "Wait, what?" We're, we're, we got another show on Sunday? I thought it was just Friday, Saturday. He's like, nah, I'm joking. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then we just, the feature starts laughing. I start laughing. And I'm like, man, that was good, bro. <laughs> he totally freaked me out. I thought we had another show and I had plans tomorrow. I'm like, that was, that, was, that was a good one. And then he's just staring into the wall. He's like, 
like a madman. He's like just staring into the wall. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> He's a character, bro. It's it's so funny. He's like, oh, I give him, I give him a lot of respect, man. Like everything yeah. he does, he seems to do with a purpose. Like he very, yeah. he, man, that's fucking hilarious though. That really He's is great, bro. Like I saw him at Skankfist, gave him a big hug and chatted for a little while, and you know. He's really cool. He's funny, bro. That's fucking so cool, man. Like his fan base is great too. So, and um, are there fan bases that you you don't have to say the comments, but like, are there fan bases where you're like, ugh, fine, like I, I'm gonna do stand up, but I am not. Like this fan base is not good. Have you done? Have you opened or like done? Uh, yeah, have you opened for people or like middle for people that like their fan base is just like. <laughs> Damn, this stinks. I'll give you wanna... I'll give you an example and we'll wrap up the intro with this one for the that's a great question, dude. Um Joey Diaz fan base, the some of the best. Uh Rogan's some of the best. Almost everybody is great. I'll tell you the ones that are not good fan base. Like when somebody sells out a room, it's those TikTokers. Yeah, and I'm going to give you an example of somebody that is the same way, but it's the opposite. But these people that blow up on something viral, Instagram, whatever it is, and they blow up, their fans are really like, not just because the, the, the TikToker, he's an open micer that just blew up, but their fans, they, they like this humor that it doesn't reflect on the even the guy's stand-up it's open mic shit that he's doing up there and it's terrible and they're young and they're usually very young people young people are the worst fucking audience members i'm sorry i don't know what's going to happen in comedy for the next couple generations because it's it's going to have to evolve or something their attention span is just not there bro it's i need this like like because like i always felt like with podcasting it was going to help Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm noticing people are like, oh no, I'm just like I'm a podcast fan. Like I, I took a buddy, we went to go see uh, Are You Garbage? Yeah. And he had never been to a comedy comedy stand up show ever, and he was like, oh, this isn't just like the live podcast. I was like, oh no, man, like, <laughs> yeah, this is what they do. Like this whole podcasting scene is, I I want to get more viewers. I want to stand up. That's my thing. Everything yeah. else. Like, this podcast goes away, you're still doing stand-up yeah. every fucking night yeah. as you can. Yeah, exactly. Um, Joe Liss and Mark Norman talked about something similar, where when the fans, the, the gays come out, the twos gays, they come out to see them, and because they know everything about them, they just sit there and just watch sometimes, and they don't laugh. It's like, it's like they're happy that they're pulling people to come see them, but it's like, they don't, like... They're just used to the podcast, so that's another. That's a great example, bro. You know, I didn't even think about that because that's that's very true. Some people are just they're such podcast fans that they don't really know too much of the art of stand up. Um, but to give you an example, the yeah, opposite yeah. of uh, that TikTok, the TikTok stars. It used to be um, what's the other apps? That uh, tick, Instagram, the three the reels, one. One? Uh, Vine, Vine, Vine. There was Vine stars out of oh, that. Oh, I'm sure there were Vine mm-hmm. stars that tried to do stand up. 
So I'm going to give you a, a polar opposite, and it's no pun intended. My buddy named Polar Bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his name's John Gonzalez. Bro, this guy, he's he's a real stand-up comic that happened to go viral. Okay. So he's like, he's over 10 years. He knows his art. He knows his comedy. He He's not just up there doing open mic shit. He's doing shit about his life. You know, the shit that real comics do, um, like solid polished material so he's had me open for him a few times and he has a fan base that one some of them are in their early 20s but they're great audience members they're fucking awesome and then the rest are like in the 30s and up it could be white people mexican black people uh he's so big uh that my cousin i have cousins i have friends from different parts of the country that because they know i do comedy they're like hey have you ever seen this comic on on tiktok or instagram and when they tell me who it is i'm like that's my homie that's polar bear (laughs) you know and when you go see polar bear he fucking kills he's a killer i want to have him on have him on the podcast soon he's great that's huge but like that that is that very well also then you run into that problem of like and like if you're overly pandering, like um, who was I? I was just listening. I was telling. I was telling my girlfriend about um, some stand up, and like I was talking. I was talking about you. And I was talking about like like Mexican like stand up. Like that Latin stand up can get very like. Oh, I'm gonna drop a couple Spanish words. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna say this, that, and the third, and they all know that. And you're like, okay, man, that's. That's yeah. cool. Cool. She pulled out. That's a trap you could fall into, especially as a Latino comic. Yeah. Well, and it's just like it's the same thing with like the the, the black stand up. Like you can fall into that. Like especially like nerdy white stand up. Like oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a white yeah. guy that uh you know I, I like food and uh yeah. Well, uh, my my buddy Jesus Trejo told me um he you know he's a comedy store regular. He's a very funny comic. He opens for Burt Kreischer. Um, Jesus Trejo told me, he talked about low-hanging fruit. When when I was pretty young in, in the stand-up game, uh, he, he said, a lot of the stuff that we do as Latinos, sometimes we go for the easy stuff, just like any new comic. What's the joke? It's uh, picking up the, uh, I can't remember, I don't, I don't know any. It's uh, picking up the clata, the La shoe, La chancla. La chancla. La chancla. I, I, and I'm getting smacked with the lachanka. Yes, and I'm like, yes. Everybody and can just, relate to that, but it's yeah. hacky. We've all, yeah, so it's like, that's why I try my best to stay away from Mexican stuff. Mexican Joe's like, I don't like, I'm not really into doing the whole Willie Barcena and Steve Trevino call them taco jokes. Or <laughs> that's a great jokes. way to put it. That's a really, taco yeah. jokes is a really good way to put that. Yeah, and if you see somebody like Willie Barcena, he, that dude did the Tonight Show like 12 times, bro. He, one of the only Mexicans to do that, and he doesn't do a lot of like, He'll, he when he talks about him being Latino, there's some stuff that it's part of his life. But to do the culture stuff, the generalizing stuff, like Steve Trevino told me as well, that's when you start getting into hack territory. You know, like you'll see me do that Latin bit, like the Latin accent, but I never mention the guy's race. I never, um, you know, the 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 roofie joke. Pretty much, it's just something that happens to be Latin. You know. I think I lost. Oh, there you are. Oh, here's another thing that Jesus Trejo told me. He's like, you're 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 um, you're a comic that happens to be Mexican, 
not a Mexican that happens to be a comic. I mean, huge difference. Yeah, I mean, it's that that is the truth, though. Like, I didn't like. It's how it's that's the reality of it. It's you're right. just a comic. You're mm -hmm. a comic. I don't. Nothing else really truthfully matters. I don't care. Like, yeah. As someone that watches it, like I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know you. You might reference it. It's part of yeah. your life. You live it every day, but it isn't who right. you are. Like who and you are is a comic. And if it's been done before, great. It was done in the past. You know, some of my heroes, Paul Rodriguez, George Lopez, Freddie Prince, Senior, they all did that stuff, and it's been done. So now we got to move forward and evolve, right. and, and do something different. Look at oh. Greg Greg Geraldo. He's Colombian. He didn't do Colombian jokes. I mean, Empanada like, jokes. It's so it's it's just so like man, I I get it, dude. It can, like you relate to something in someone's like livelihood. It's really funny. You go, oh shit, that's cool. But it's like, I think that also is the benefit of podcast. You go, cool. I can yeah. get these easy dumb jokes out of the way. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. do like actual jokes when I'm doing stand up. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. 